Welcome to Twin Peaks Radio, the show where we remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, a real mystery can't be solved, not completely. It's always just out of reach, like a light around the corner. You might catch a glimpse of what it reveals, feel its warmth, but you can't know the heart of it, not really. That's what gives it value. It can't be cracked. It's bigger than you and me, bigger than everything we know. I'm Professor Robert E.G. Black, and today I got a guest. My co-host from Two Minutes About Time, Luke Allen. Hello. Hello. You're intrigued enough that you'd consider watching more. Yeah. What about Lynch in general? Yeah. Would you want to watch more of him? He's been on my list for so, so long. Blue Velvet's where I want to start, I think. Mm. I haven't acquired it on, on DVD. I don't think it's streaming on anything I've got. Blue Velvet is rentable on Amazon, I believe, is how I watched it. Okay. It's one that I look for all the time whenever I'm in, like secondhand dvd stores but not one i've ever thought of just buying off amazon considering how much time i've wasted looking in secondhand dvd stores i I think it's something i will definitely be more on the lookout for now now wild at heart is not streaming anywhere okay i know that and is that one you say is worth watching that one is worth watching if you're going to get into lynch and then there's the ones that are worth watching if you've already gotten into lynch which would be mulholland drive and lost highway and Inland Empire, which also isn't streaming. Inland Empire is maybe one of his weirder ones. Uh-huh. Mahon Drive and Lost Highway are definitely strange. Lost Highway, a character literally just becomes another character partway through the film. Oh, that's interesting. But that's the plot. It's not just like no one notices. It's there. There's a new person there now. And it's the setup. Okay. Lynch likes the idea of doppelgangers. And it's like a dream logic kind of thing. So you can look at Twin Peaks as like all of that stuff put together. What sort of, I mean, whether it mean anything to me anyway, but what, what network was this like broadcast on? Was it something that was like general audiences or is it something quite niche? Yes. Okay. It, this was ABC. It was a network that everyone had. It was on Thursday nights primarily. So you had to make an effort to watch it because Thursdays already were a big comedy night for NBC. I, yeah, I'm going to say I've heard of NBC Thursday nights. Starting in the 80s and then going through the 90s. That's when Friends was on, you know, it was a Thursday show. And so this would have been like more of an alternative TV, not the most popular thing of its night, but people would watch it. And it premieres as a Sunday night movie special, like a two hour pilot. And so it was a big deal when it started. I will also say that that is a similar idea to what we're going for on this thing that I'm associate producing. To to the listeners, I didn't like ask Robert, have me talk about a pilot so I can plug the pilot I'm working on. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we're doing we're doing a a 90 minute pilot, which is something which I think is just a good move to make, especially if you're doing a a, a pilot. I mean, I'm I'm assuming in in the case of this, was the pilot made a while before are we talking that it was a, p- a filmed pilot for Greenlight? i think it was sort of greenlit ish already but yes it was set up as a pilot it was filmed separately that's why they filmed on location they had a bigger budget which is interesting they had a bigger budget yet they didn't include any weird things they could have got away with what we're doing we've got uh, we're like filming for Greenlight. like there's no company we're making mm, it for yeah we're filming as a proof of concept, either for TV or for a self-funded web series, if needs be. But also, like, as I keep discussing and like the show and I keep saying, it's like, you know, if nothing else, we've got a 90 minute film like that's yeah, it's standalone enough. And I and I was just wondering whether that was 
partially what they were going at with the with the 90 minute pilot with Twin Peaks. The idea that if it had not got picked up for, for any reason, whether it would have just been a movie. That's why they released it internationally that way. But what they use for the extra footage, I think it's all stuff that is from basically Cooper's dream, which is what the third episode. It's all from his dream and they just treat it as real. That's weird. <laughs> in the international pilot. So the international pilot is just like, oh, here, here's the killer. Whereas the show, it's more supernatural as to what that is that killer a real person. So if you were to watch the international pilot and then it were to get picked up, you'd have to forget the events of the pilot? Yes. Oh. I haven't looked up as to like, where did it get released? I just know it existed. And even at the time, we knew it existed. I remember being like, I want to get my hands on that, but you, you couldn't. We didn't have the internet. <laughs> I wasn't a subscriber to Wrapped in Plastic in the 90s, the fanzine. I do have copies of some of it now because I'm for- basically forcing myself to obsess because <laughs> I'm good at obsessing. Yeah, that's, that, that, that is one thing I would say about you. Mm-hmm. I did a whole episode on a waterfall <laughs> a couple episodes ago. Like, here's what that waterfall is. Here's who was the first like European to be there. Here's the, like the history of the area. Like, I can, I can, I, I remember this show is going to allow me to do it more than usual. Yeah. To go back to like your whole Groundhog Day thing, genuinely mm-hmm. at points when I'm like in a social group or like a cl- with like a new teacher in a class or something, and they're like, say a fun fact about yourself. My fact is, I know someone who watched Groundhog Day every day for a year. <laughs> Yay, I'm a fun fact. And that, that goes down well. I mean, I, th- those ones I think work great. When you're having to, because when you give a fact about yourself, there's always the worry that it sounds pretentious if you're saying something interesting about yourself. <laughs> so if you're saying, I know someone who does this, like it works. My sister's told me that she's had to do that and, and she's said stuff about me as her fact. And it's like, that works. That's. I had to do an introduction where it was two facts and a lie. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. And I said that I've seen Groundhog Day over 400 times and someone was like, yeah, that was too specific. It didn't feel like a lie. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> what I tend to go for with my lies, for anyone who's ever a game with me, is I tend to name a vaguely obscure celebrity as a fact and say that, like, mm. I've got their autograph. Nice. My, I, I always use the fact that I was nominated for an award in Hollywood as one of them that is a fact that sounds cool. Yeah, that's a good one. But I remember at one point, like, no one guessed when I had, I can't remember what the first one was. One was the award nominated in Hollywood, and my lie was that I had the autograph of Tommy Cooper. I don't know how well he known in East America, but he was a British comedian who died in the 1970s. Oh. <laughs> and, like, if I did, that would be a cool fact be that worth I something. would give. But also, it's not something they expect a 17-year-old to bring up as a fact. And so it works. The interesting thing about him was that he said in an interview at one point that he wanted to die making people laugh. Mm. And then he died on stage, on live on TV. He just collapsed. Wow. He did, like, uh, comedy magic. And he 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 put on this, this is my invisibility cloak. I'm going to disappear. And then he died. I came across the video on YouTube when I was very, very young. I was a fan of him and I was looking at stuff on YouTube and that was kind of really horrible to watch. I've seen it a fair few times in documentaries about his life since, but it's, it's strange because the audience is laughing because they think it's all part of what he did. Yeah, I think I've read somewhere that the Queen was there, but that might not be true. But I can't avoid the tangent of talking about Tommy Cooper came from. The truth's and a lie thing. So then that Groundhog was- Day. Groundhog Day. So then I was Obsession. talking about you. Obsession. There we go. There's something you marked on your tangent marker about 20 minutes mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Oh, it's my fault. I talked about obsessing. But Twin Peaks people do that. 
I'm in multiple groups on Facebook related to Twin Peaks right now. And someone just yesterday was talking about the importance of vomiting in Twin Peaks and trying to connect the over the course of the three seasons and the movie. There's also Firewalk with me. How many times people vomited and where it happened and what was going on? Because episode eight of The Return, everyone would know there's not vomiting exactly, but there is a thing coming out of someone's mouth that is a major part of that episode. And so they were trying to connect that backward into all the times people vomited on the show. So that's when you overthink it. I, I like stuff like that. But I, like, I also, for the sake of, as a, from the listener perspective of podcasts, I love a tangent so much <laughs> that it almost annoys me. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've, several of our listeners will have heard these guys on your shows or my list to them. The sitcom people yeah. is every now, their, their show is very tangent heavy. And I love that. But every now and again, they'll be like, Eddie will put something on his Facebook, be like, I just cut out a 20 minute tangent. And I'm thinking, I want to hear that 20 minute tangent. Yeah. Uh, in a way you could do, the problem is in, as an editor, I don't know how to make like, a Patreon version of an, like an extended episode for most things. Mm. And then a shorter one. Cause I recently, for example, just did a review of Halloween kills for Michael Myers minute, a show that hasn't had episodes in two years. And then I was going to put up my second re- part of the review was basically live commentaries. I watched the movie a second time and I was going to put it out as a commentary episode on Patreon, but then I have to clean up the audio and make sure the timing works. And that's going to take hours <sighs> for something that I don't want to listen to again. Like I didn't want to listen to the episode again because yeah. I'm I think I'm done with that that movie until the next one comes out. <laughs> now we have drifted, so I would like to ask if there's anything else, like thoughts from the pilot or what you think is going on. Um, I think... how about this? Who killed Laura Palmer? <laughs> Part of me is feeling like it's someone we haven't met yet, but. I don't know. That's I really liked not knowing. So did Lynch. That's one thing which I feel like in watching the show, I assume we find out. I, I can't even oh, I can't even tell you the interesting tangent about how they get to there's a character of Bob who becomes very important. And he he basically was only introduced because the set dresser, I believe it was, got stuck in the corner of the set. He couldn't get out once they were set up to go filming. And he ended up in a reflection oh. and Lynch liked it. And then they kept using him. And he basically was a big acting gig. It's like what he's most famous for. I feel like I've heard of stuff like that. Or when it's been like an extra who's done something. Was that a thing with like X-Files or something? But there was like an extra who did something a bit odd or people just liked as a recurring extra that they slowly gave lines to and then became a main villain. Was that a thing? Uh, probably. I've never watched X-Files, but I feel like that's a thing I heard. I mean, I know in, in the pilot of that, they had no idea what cigarette smoking man was going to be. He was basically just standing there smoking. I don't think he even had a line in the first episode of X-Files, but he became a much bigger thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've got much more to say. Okay. I've got some plugs if you're doing plugs. I'd say if you do keep watching, let me know. I shall. Maybe you can record some, or at least get some idea of what you're thinking. Or you can record some clips and I'll include them. Comment. I'll do commentary on your com- your comments. <laughs> <laughs> Before I get to the end, you are a podcaster or have been. You are a filmmaker. So what do you want to plug? So obviously to those knowing that Robert's in the know, when I talk about Reduce to Clear, that's a short film I made this year. That will be online at some point next year. We've got a premiere in December and obviously after the festival stuff, that'll be out. 
but that is something that I talk about a lot because it's like the biggest project I've done <laughs> or was the biggest project I've done until I'm suddenly on a feature documentary and a TV pilot. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's my stuff. Now, listeners, remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, mystery is the most essential ingredient of life. Mystery creates wonder, which leads to curiosity, which in turn provides the ground for our desire to understand who and what we truly are. This has been a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Peaks Radio and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Twin Peaks Radio. Or join the Facebook group Lemming Drop Studio Tour. Also, you can support all my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops, where you will also get access to every episode of this show, as well as the occasional review of good movies and bad movies. The owls may not be what they seem, but they still serve an imperative function. They remind us to look into the darkness.